As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the latest Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. Coming to you from the Lambeau Field press box after the Packers' 17-0 win against the Seahawks. The last time we were able to say, well, I wasn't even covering the team then, but nothing in a game the Packers won, as in no points scored by the other team, was September 30th, 2018, when the Packers beat the Bills 22-0. I believe, Bill, Aaron Rodgers trashed the offense that game. It was one of Mike McCarthy's last as head coach. Well, not one of his last, but in his last season. And that was the game that Corey Bohorquez asked for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' jersey when he was punting for the Bills, and Rodgers said no. But uh, for real, a, a tremendous effort by the defense tonight. Russell Wilson has played in 166 games in his career in the regular season and playoffs. 150 now in the regular season, 16 in the playoffs. This is the first time he's ever been shut out. It's amazing. We were just talking about it in person a minute ago. You've got Russell Wilson with his bionic finger. 54 hours of rehab per day. God bless that guy. DK Metcalf, Tyler. I mean, that's a hell of a good passing attack. And the Packers had who? Rasul Douglas, Kevin King, who people hate. Chandon Sullivan, Eric Stokes on a somewhat bum knee, apparently. And a zero. I, I'm flabbergasted, Matt, for, for as much as everybody ripped the Joe Barry hiring. Um, he's done a masterful job. I found a couple, well, I didn't find them, but came across a couple really interesting numbers from Next Gen Stats. Um, the Packers played with six or fewer defenders in the box on 97% of their defensive snaps tonight. That is the second highest percentage by any defense in a game this season. So they completely sold out to stop the pass, per se. You know, they, they played really light, um, and they didn't, really blitz that much only on 19 percent of their snaps um but they were able to get pressure without blitzing uh next gen stats had them for 13 pressures and three sacks with four or fewer pass rushers and russell wilson went 15 for 32 for 145 yards and two picks uh, in situations where the packers didn't blitz so joe barry's defensive strategy of you know keeping everything in front and trying to get as much pressure as you can uh without blitzing really worked like a charm and it was uh incredible to watch i mean 
we've talked about it for weeks now. No Zedarius Smith, no Jair Alexander. Um, pass rush might be hurting since they lose Rashawn Gary and Whitney Merciless tonight. And they just keep keep delivering. One more from Next Gen Stats. Uh, Russell Wilson attempted 15 passes that traveled over 10 yards in the air. He completed two of them. Two out of 15. Dang. Two out of 15. Since Next Gen Stats was created in 2014, today was the most amount of deep passes, which is, I believe, more than 20 yards in the air, uh, that Russell Wilson has attempted without completing one. He attempted seven passes that traveled over 20 yards in the air and did not complete a single one. I thought um, the Packers' secondary, like you said, had their best game of the year. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are one of the best one-two receiving punches in the league. Metcalf had three catches for 26 yards on eight targets. Lockett, uh, two catches for 23 on eight targets. DK Metcalf was so frustrated that he got ejected at the end of the game. That, that's just how well the Packers played on defense today. Wilson's 39.7 pass rating, the fourth lowest of his career. This is 150 starts, the fourth lowest. And you mentioned that deep ball stuff. I mean, that was huge. I wrote about that before the game. According to Pro Football Focus, he was the best deep ball passer in the league based on pass rating. I want to say he was at 130 entering the game and had to get four touchdowns and zero picks. Lockett this year, I believe, was fourth in yards on deep passes. And last year, uh, last year Metcalf was first. So these are legit guys. I don't think Green Bay's played a duo as good as these guys are. And again, it's Kevin King and Razul Douglas and Eric Stokes. It, it's, ama- I, it's, it's amazing. Um, it certainly helps that the, the Seahawks offensive line stinks. And the Packers got all sorts of pressure there. But... Um, what they're doing, you know, Jerry Gray is is has made a few bucks this year, and he, when it's time for coordinators to be hired here, next coaching cycle, he needs to be front and center on that list, if if not even above that. I totally agree. And how about you know Joe Barry's defense after those fire Joe Barry um, tweets that came out week one after that debacle in Jacksonville? They haven't allowed tw- more than twenty two points since week three that game against the Forty Niners. Um, and what's most remarkable, I think, is this current stretch they're on. They've played the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks the last three weeks. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson are, I'd say, three of the top six quarterbacks in the NFL, along with Rodgers, uh, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. And they've allowed 34 combined points in those three games against three of the best passing attacks in the NFL. I understand DeAndre Hopkins was hampered, whatever, but the Chiefs, people are saying the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs. They just dropped, hold on, let me check, 41 points on the Raiders tonight. So uh, Packers defense held them to 13 last week. They're doing really well not uh, allowing explosive plays. This whole kind of Joe Barry system, he coached under Brandon Staley last year of the two high safeties, keeping everything in front, daring the other teams to run. It's working, and it's working really well for the Packers. Where's Green Bay in points now? You, you looked it up. I, the third. Uh, NFL's oh, third. So there were six coming into the game. Six coming in. They're now third, at w- allowing 18 points per game. I asked Rodgers, you, know, you, you remember the back in the 2019 opener where Green Bay wins at Chicago. And he said, we finally have a defense, right? Right. So I asked him about that today. He wasn't quite going to go down that far because he didn't want to you know, throw, throw past defenses under the bus, but... He talked to us for 19 minutes and some seconds that it was the only time he smiled. Is that is my question about the defense? And certainly wasn't my question, but I think that defense <laughs> has him thinking after years and years and years of, of being 
left out in the cold come playoff time because his defenses have generally let him down. Maybe, just maybe, he's got a defense that's good enough. I wrote tonight, this is a defense that can win you a Super Bowl. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about it in person with, with us writers in the press box. You're waiting for that slip-up to happen because that's what we're so used to seeing around here. Even today, it's like the Packers can't score. The Seahawks are going to make them pay eventually. And they, and they just never did. And Kevin King, you know, put it well tonight. You know, Adrian Amos said they started kind of chit-chattering about a potential shutout at halftime. And Kevin King said, all right, you get through one quarter, you get through two quarters, you get through three quarters, and then with two minutes left, the Seahawks are driving in garbage time. And, yeah, if they let up a touchdown, it wouldn't matter because they're up three scores, but they took a lot of pride in in keeping that shutout tonight. And um, Packers' defenses of the past would have let up a big chunk play or two to make it interesting with an onside kick like Amos said. Well, he didn't say that Packers' defenses of the past would do that, but just reference, you know, it could have gotten interesting if they scored there and, and recovered an onside kick. But, you know, this this Packers defense, those last two minutes tonight showed me that they're different from Henry Black not retaliating, you know, when DK Metcalf kind of grabbed his face mask. From Darnell Savage, yeah, he's going to lose a couple thousand dollars from waving at Pete Carroll <laughs> on the sideline. But that's just kind of how the Packers defense is feeling themselves right now, and they have all the right to. It's swagger. Um Mike McCarthy always talking about having real confidence, which means not, you know, talking stupid nonsense. These these guys, you know, that savage thing. That's that's what it reminded me of. Is these guys really are, are really are feeling it? The question here is, Matt, they're going to play the Vikings on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Vikings are good. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, whatever. Who the hell's left on defense with Rashawn Gary? Shoulder was it? Shoulder? Elbow? Elbow? Elbow for him. Yeah, and bicep for Merciless. Zadarius is already out. They're down to Preston Smith. Jonathan Garvin. Jonathan Garvin, and I, I assume Ladarius Hamilton's on speed dial after they cut him on Saturday. They just cut Ladarius Hamilton. They just cut him. Hey, Ladarius. Have you left the airport yet? <laughs> Do we have a deal for you? <laughs> I mean, Whitney Merciless has been playing well as kind of like a fourth edge rusher. And they're like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we get Zedarius Smith back from that back injury for a while. But you're right. The pass rush is in bad shape. Um, and that's really the only downside to this performance from the defense is the injuries that came out of it. But, you know, I wrote tonight, if we've seen the Packers defense do anything, you'd think, you know, they lose their top two corners in, in at least at the start of the season in Kevin King and Jair Alexander. And you think, the secondary is going to crumble, but Douglas and Sullivan and Stokes have all stepped up. So I understand it's a, a worse situation, more dire situation with the edge rushers now, but hey, Mike Smith can can get it done. Why, why can't they step up? You know, they're going to need some breaks and maybe they play with a couple more, you know, hand in the dirt guys, but Preston Smith, Jonathan Garvin, if you get, you know, maybe Ladarius Hamilton can play some snaps here and there. I can't put it past him. And with the way the secondary is playing, you might not even need a pass rush. Yeah, I did see that Tom Pelissero tweeted that um, the early indications of Rashawn Gary's injury is, is not serious, as nothing's broken or anything like that. So that's good news. Um, you, you hear bicep with merciless, you just automatically feel figure, figure it's torn, right? I mean, we don't know, but that's that's probably a bad news injury there. And he's he was their key guy. I mean, he had a good sack. He had a sack tonight, almost had another when he got hurt. That's a big blow, but you're right. You know, they, they 
kind of tried Kingsley Kiki on the edge a bit. I would assume if he gets over that concussion that you'll probably see some of that next week. And Oren Burks played some tonight, and you can't put them past it. They, they played so well with all these other guys getting hurt. You're right. You can't put them past them doing it one more time. Moving on from the defense, um, kind of the secondary story of tonight was Aaron Jones' knee injury and what that means for the offense and A.J. Dillon going forward. Um, it, multiple reports say it's an MCL sprain, which probably a couple weeks that he's mm-hmm. out, uh, fortunately for the Packers, in terms of Jones returning to action or number of games he'll miss. They have the Week 13 bye week. Um, that could buy them a, a useful week there. But obviously Aaron Jones means a hell of a lot to this team, and he's one of the best running backs in the league. But, man, A.J. Dillon is a star in the making, and I think they're in just fine hands with him handling the feature back workload. Yeah, he's <laughs> – you know, I was thinking, is Dil- I'm thinking, Dylan's going to have to do a lot. Is he up to it? And I thought, Cripes at Boston College, he got the ball 30 times a game. I'm sure he'll be fine. That screen pass that he took, that was like, he's this huge guy. And I think defense defenders think he's this huge plotting guy. But that first tackle he broke is because he was about a half step faster than that first defender. And then he was just off to the races. He is so much faster than people think. He is something, and I remember talking. I remember saying in the press box when after he fumbled, was that the Washington game he fumbled? I think it was. I think so. It was one of those. Yeah, and I said, I'm not sure he's that good. Yeah, <laughs> probably shouldn't say that on a podcast and embarrass myself. It was the, I, it, I, I was, I was, was thinking that because game, yeah. he hadn't done a lot. He had fumbled twice in that game. Um, yeah, he's he's damn good. I I apologize to the former or the future. Uh, Marrow Fresh Creek for for botching. <laughs> no, but he, the biggest part of his game that's kind of evolved is you know in the passing game he wasn't asked to catch much in Boston College. He wasn't asked to do it much last year because Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams do it really well. But you know Rogers and Lafleur and Dylan have all talked about how that's where he's grown the most probably, and you saw it on that uh, fifty yard catch and run where he kind of corrals a, a low pass, a low screen pass from Rogers, a little dump off breaks a couple tackles and takes it 50 yards downfield and carries, you know, one of the best linebackers of this generation, Bobby Wagner, for a couple of yards at the end of the play. And that just goes to show what A.J. Dillon can do for this offense and why it should be in good hands if they lose Aaron Jones for a couple of weeks. Because Aaron Jones is a great runner, but he's even better in the passing game. And if A.J. Dillon can be a threat in both facets, and Matt LaFleur said tonight he thinks people are going to stop sleeping on A.J. Dillon as a threat out of the backfield, yeah, he's going to need some rest, and Patrick Taylor is going to have to step up, but A.J. Dillon is one of the best backup running backs, if he even is considered that anymore, one of the best in the league, and, and I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, that touchdown, the, the three-yard run that made it 10-0, Bobby Wagner had him dead in the hole. Well, it wasn't in the hole, but off to the side, one-on-one, hit him at about the three-yard line, and he just drug him right in the end zone. Again, Bobby Wagner is going to go to the Hall of Fame here, and you know, five years after the guy retires, mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, he's good. I kind of thought Patrick Taylor might be okay during training camp, so he's going to get a shot. And they signed Reichwell Armstead to the practice squad a couple weeks ago. He's probably going to end up playing here at some point. They are, yeah, it's a mess. But you're right, that Week 13 bye, which has just been an awful thing for the team as a whole because it's just so late in the year, ends up being a godsend here potentially. When he had the MCL sprain as a rookie he missed two games 
Then he came back against Tampa and scored the game-winning touchdown. So you're right, that 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 bye week really is going to help him out potentially. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And listen, are there? I, I I wouldn't say that there are any teams in the NFL that are significantly better than the Packers right now. They're they're tied for the best record in the NFL through through ten weeks. They're eight and two. So are the Titans and the Cardinals, and they own the tiebreaker with the Cardinals head to head. Of course. Cardinals got their doors blown off by the Panthers today because they played without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. But listen, you could make an argument that the Packers are the best team in the NFL. If they have Aaron Rodgers, they're 9-1. and one. Or if, mm-hmm. if they have Rodgers for the Kansas City game, they're 9-1. and one. Granted, Rodgers did not play well today, but and we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, you know, the Rams could get to 8-2 and two tomorrow night as well or tonight by the time you're listening to this. But, you know, I'd feel just about as safe as picking the Packers as I would any other team to win the Super Bowl. Can't, yeah, can't argue with you. Again, that, that defense just keeps stepping up and stepping up and stepping up. Um, the special teams, I was going to say didn't kill me. They didn't miss a field goal, so I should probably back up on that. But it's other, other than that field goal unit, where is the flaw? Where is the fatal flaw in this team? They play yeah. the they play the run well. If you, you mentioned the light boxes today. Collins, 10 carries, 41 yards. Travis Homer, one for two. So the running backs had 43 yards and 11 carries. So the run defense is fine. Their pass defense has been good. They're going to get these guys back. You figure Rodgers will round in the form at some point, when Bach, especially when Bakhtiari gets back. Boy, I, I want to know who's going to beat him. You know, Tampa Bay is obviously really good, but they, they lose to Washington today. So, yeah, yeah. I, there's these guys are. I, you know, we, I, we we talked a lot about the Super Bowl last year as it, as it the season progressed, but this to me is a lot more of a well-rounded team than those guys were. And let's get to Rodgers in the offense a little bit. Rod, uh, you know, Matt Lafleur said Rodgers played really well. I didn't. I don't agree. Who am I to disagree with the? You know, a head coach who's gone 34-8 and eight in his first 42 regular season games. But, um, you know, there were a couple throws that he normally makes that he missed. The slant to Devontae that almost hit the ground and uh, was not caught. I would blame that more on Rodgers. You know, his underthrow to Alan Lazard, that could have been a touchdown. The underthrow on kind of the wheel route thing to, not the underthrow, threw it behind him, didn't lead Aaron Jones, that also could have been a touchdown. You know, he seemed tired on, on the post-game Zoom. You know, it's, mm-hmm. he said it's been a long week for him, and I'm not feeling sorry for him or whatever, but um, it's kind of been the story of the Packers' offense this whole season. Is There's just that one thing missing, that one play, the one thing that's just a bit off. They've been able to get by without it, but you have to think that at some point it's going to start clicking on all cylinders, right? Yeah, and again, I, I just keep coming back to Bakhtiari is going to, Fix a lot of that. You're going to obviously get a better left tackle than Elton Jenkins, and Jenkins has been damn good. And then Elton Jenkins can go pinch it for somebody else, whether it's flat out replacing Lucas Patrick at center or he replaces Patrick and Patrick goes to right card to replace Royce Newman. You're, you're going to improve two spots with that. Probably helps your game planning when you can feel a lot better about your pass protection. They'll be all right. I, 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 they, they scored so many points last year, and it's hard for me to believe that they're going to be this mediocre, you know, what, what are they, 18th or 20th in scoring right now? It's, it's, it's hard for me to believe they're going to be this group for for the entirety of the season. So right. I, I just think Bakhtiari is going to be a huge game changer here. 
And you're not going to see Rodgers miss Veldas Scantling for 61-yard touchdowns like he did today. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you can pinpoint three plays that Rodgers should have thrown touchdowns on, and instead he finished the game with zero touchdowns. But, you know, maybe they don't want to blame, you know, the week of preparation, not having Rodgers in person. That might have had a little to do with it, but I would – you know, believe that more so if this isn't kind of the Packers passing offense we've seen all season. And it, and it is, but maybe they, they click into high gear here in the second half of the season. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, what do you say we get into some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. First up, let me scroll here and get some of them. All right, here we go. First up from Benny. I hope Aaron Jones' injury isn't long-term, but I wonder if that can be a blessing given I think having two great running backs splitting the reps is interfering in the rhythm in the running game. You know, I kind of agree because needing to get both guys' touches because of how good both of them are has kind of hamstrung both of them. It's a good problem to have because both of them can kind of take over a game at any point, but it is going to be interesting to see what Dylan can do with that feature workload because... Too many times, and Matt LaFleur has said it, A.J. Dillon will get going, then he goes away from him. And, you know, giving Aaron Jones touches is no bad thing because he's a stud, but um, getting to see what A.J. Dillon can do when he's kind of on his own back there because you're not going to give Patrick Taylor many touches I think could be a good thing for the Packers offense and might give us a glimpse at the future if they uh, choose to move on from Aaron Jones. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but choose to move on from him after next season. Yeah, I can see some of that, Matt. Um, I, I, I don't know that it's interfering so much, though. I, I think it, it's the LaFleur's kind of gone with the hotter hand here of late where you know they, they rotate the series for the first quarter or so, and then whoever's, whoever's running hotter gets more touches. So I, I don't know that it's interfering like, like the question was. I am curious to see Dylan in that featured role. And I also wonder about Amari Rodgers, if maybe he gets some run back there. He's a bigger guy. I mean, he looks like a running back. Obviously, they keep saying how they want to get him more involved. I realize he's had some adventures as a punt returner, but I wonder if maybe he can help you out a little bit there too. But you know, I don't know that it's a blessing so much just because Jones is dynamic in his own way. I mean, look, today he had the, the two long screen passes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're in really good shape to have a guy, a guy like Dylan there to step in because – most teams don't have that luxury for sure. What do you got? And, and it makes you appreciate oh, Goody's. Go yeah, it makes you appreciate Goody's draft and develop, right? Because you go back to that draft. What are they drafting Dylan for? They've got Jones and Williams. Well, here's <laughs> why: because you're going to move on from one of them, and you're going to have a ready-made starter to plug in there. No doubt. What do you got next for questions? <laughs> this is actually a funny one from Clay E. How stunned that they actually ran the ball with Dylan in the gold zone. Not really a question, but it's a great statement and very true. Yeah, I mean, we saw in the Arizona game they didn't do that. It's finally Matt LaFleur has come to his senses. Just give it to the guy who can literally plow over any 
you know, pile and just push it forward a couple of yards. Bi- credit to Billy Turner for the kind of push from the back on the second rushing touchdown. But yeah, I don't see why you don't just give it to him. And I mean, first of all, let me say this. Stop running out of the shotgun on third and short. Enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I know they got it about- on the th- I know they got it on the third try, but barely. First two failed. I mean, stop. Just go under center, hand it off to AJ Dillon, call it a day. Yeah, I wanted to ask Rodgers about his toe, and I'm wondering, they ran shotgun. I don't know if it was every snap. I didn't keep track, but it's gotten damn close if it wasn't. I just wonder if the toe was a factor in that to prevent him from having to go backpedal all the time. So, but we didn't, with, with the Zoom, it was hard to get um, multiple questions in. So, right. just speculation there. Um, from Jeff Bush, Patrick Taylor got a couple snaps in relief of Dylan after Jones went out. Who is this guy? <laughs> Well, that's a good question. Patrick Taylor is a 2020 undrafted free agent out of Memphis who suffered a foot injury um, late in his college career that sidelined him pretty much for his entire rookie season. He practiced a little bit um, during the playoffs, I believe, last year. But he was just signed to the active roster after Kylan Hill uh, tore his ACL on that kick return against the Cardinals. So Patrick Taylor played his first career NFL snaps tonight. His first career NFL snap, I believe, was a five-yard carry. I think he leads the league in yards per carry. <laughs> and then he converted a th- and then he converted a third and short. You know, he's going to need to step up because you saw tonight. If AJ Dillon is churning out these runs, dr- play after play, he's going to need a rest. And and Patrick Taylor is going to need to step up. This offense is heavily predicated on uh, two running backs getting involved, and without Aaron Jones, Patrick Taylor is going to need to step up. Yeah, Patrick Taylor, he probably would have been drafted in 2020. He had one of those Liss Frank foot injuries. His first day at Green Bay, surgery after the 2020 scouting combine was here done by Dr. Robert Anderson here in Green Bay. So um, he was familiar with Green Bay. Yes, he was. He's familiar with the crappy winter weather. From Leon, not a question, but this team has Broncos with Peyton Manning's last run all over it. I mean, be, <laughs> not, not speaking of Rodgers playing as poorly as Peyton Manning, because that was terrible, but you get his point. Yeah, I mean, stud defense. I, You know, Peyton Manning said when he was hosting the ESPYs a couple years ago, he made a joke about how much Von Miller and that Broncos defense carried him to that Super Bowl title. Aaron Rodgers isn't, you know, that version of Peyton Manning. He's much better. And like you said, in response to your question, Rogers is like, I'm not just ready to give over the reins of the identity of this team just yet, but I wouldn't compare it to that Broncos team in quite that way, just because the quarterback is, you know, he's still got something left to give, a lot left to give, I think. Um, but yeah, in terms of a dominant defense that can win a Super Bowl, I certainly think this defense can. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was a good point by Leon. I, I had not thought of that. Again, it's the quarterback is obviously better than Leon acknowledged that, but this defense is something else. Um, from Keegs, what were your impressions on Joe Barry? Initial impressions on Joe Barry? It kind of seemed like a bleh hire, but I think this is why Matt LaFleur is a head coach and I'm the guy asking him questions, getting paid significantly less to do my job than he is his job. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of firing Mike Patton because the Packers were kind of a borderline top 10 defense last year. 
But LaFleur wanted to get his guy in there. And we saw Joe Barry's track record as a DC, just completely awful in Washington and Detroit. But those he didn't have great players on those defenses. You know, there was the one year in Washington where he had the 15th ranked defense, scoring defense. But he's got some players now. What's impressed me most, like we talked about, though, is what he's done when guys are injured and when everyone else has to get plugged in. He's made, and credit to the players mostly, but he's put guys like Rasul Douglas and Whitney Merciless and Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell signed off the street in June into positions to succeed, and those players have executed. And you saw like tonight uh, where a defensive coordinator has the most impact on a game in the strategy of keeping everything in front. And that's the, the scheme that LaFleur hired here. He said it was a hassle to game plan against uh, preparing for the Rams in the playoffs last year. And you saw tonight why it's such a hassle to play against. Yeah, uh, I, I was like everybody initially with Barry until I looked at those Detroit and Washington rosters and realized I didn't, I'd never heard of anybody. I'm exaggerating, but um, I talked to Will Blackman, um, the former Packers defensive back, sh- very shortly after they hired Barry. Uh, Blackman was part of those Washington teams, which are just terrible. And he just raved about the guy, mm-hmm. just raved about how good he was and his plans are good. He was a great communicator. Um, and I talked to a linebacker who played for the Rams last year. And he, again, another guy just raved about Barry as a coach and um, thought he was super bright and deserved another chance at a coordinator. So those two guys... Um, really turned me on Barry just to look beyond the numbers and look at kind of the reality of the situation, which was those teams are terrible, and I don't care who your coach is. If you have no talent, you've got no chance. Yeah, I agree. Cecilia J. Bug faces a great question. Loyal listener. Yes, she is. Why is shutting out the insufferably phony Russell Wilson sweeter than shutting out anyone else except maybe the Bears? (laughs) listen that whole 19 hours of rehab a day thing was ridiculous 19 to 20 matt he's a maybe maybe 20 hours he's a short him he's a future hall of famer but let's not run fake two minute drills and and say we're rehabbing for 19 hours a day come on that's just such bullshit jesus you're going to the hall who who is he trying to impress matt He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He is. Who are you trying to impress? It seems it screams of insecurity to me that you need to go prove your your uh, dedication and your you're a warrior and you're all in. Who are you trying to prove it to? Yeah. In Ian Rappaport, those guys just eat it all up, calling him the Wolverine. Screw that. <laughs> Nobody does anything for. T- Unless, and I forgot who said this. Maybe it was Barstool, who I don't follow, but it was a good tweet. Um, oh, no, it was, uh, oh, God, a former offensive lineman on Twitter. Jesus, who am I? I'm totally drawing a blank. But he said, the best way to rehab is sleep. So maybe, <laughs> so yeah. maybe he was counting that. Sure, I think it was Jeff Schwartz. Maybe that's what it was. But, yeah, if he's counting sleep. But come on. Come on. Good point. Sleep is important. <laughs> just, no better way it's to just so It's just so stupid. Let's go Jesus. to... Oh, someone asked for a link to the podcast. Well, we'll link it to you when it's out. Um, from Zach Meshke, what are your thoughts on the Packers changing to defensive interest to shield Aaron? You know, 
I don't know why they did it. You can have your reasons or, or speculate. It was interesting because they mm-hmm. introduced defensive starters every other game, every other home game, and offensive starters every other home game. It was the offense's turn because they did defense against Washington in Week 7, which was the last home game. I think that the reception for Rodgers would have been totally normal. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to boo him. They've forgotten about all that vaccine crap. They just want to win. The fans here just want the Packers to win. So I thought it would have been fine. I don't know why that decision was made, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, fear, I suppose, right? For fear that me and you are wrong on that subject and he would have been booed to some extent. I don't know. Yeah. It, scream, it screams of, aren't we adults? But I, but I also agree with you, Matt, though. I don't think anything was going to happen. Um, the world's tough, right? I mean, COVID's a real thing. You know, inflation's gone through the roof. Everything is costing more money. Um, it's a tough world that we live in. And people just want to be entertained. That's my thought on it. And maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong too, but I just think people, oh, he wasn't vaccinated? Well, maybe he should have been truthful. Or he wasn't vaccinated? Well, who cares? I don't know. At the end of the day, you're right, man. It's 11 days ago since that news broke. Yeah. Over and done with. And that's why, that's why I didn't ask anything to Rogers about it. I mean, I asked him about the emotions and I, of course, I knew he knew where I was going with it, but that's why I didn't ask anything about it because I, I just don't think anyone cares anymore other than a few. I just don't think people give a crap. That's fair, and that's a good way to end it. People don't give a crap. It's probably what they're saying about this podcast too. Um, <laughs> that's all we've got for you guys tonight. As always, we appreciate you listening. Next up, trip to Minnesota. That's a noon game, right? It is. God, I hope so. Hallelujah. I love noon games. So do I. So Bill and I will both be in Minnesota. We'll talk to you guys from there. Um, And until then, safe travels. If you're traveling, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.